It's time for Drive-By Theology with Dr. Steve Lawson and Todd Friel. It was the great contemporary Christian worship band, the Rolling Stones, who sang G-L-O-R-I-F, Glorification. Now, welcome to a Lecture 27 of Drive-By Theology. And, and yes, I, 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 I repent of that. However, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody hasn't taken a Rolling Stones song and turned it into a worship song. <laughs> I've heard worse. Glorification, the final step of the process of soteriology, the doctrine of salvation. One day, Christian, if you are in Christ, you will be glorified. You know what that means, Steve? That I will actually be as perfect as I think I am. <laughs> glorification is grounded, centered in our union with Christ. We need to understand that if we are not in Christ, there will be no glorification for us. 1 Corinthians one thirty. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The reason that we created a column earlier in Drive-By Theology for union with Christ, being in Christ, is because virtually everything that we are talking about underneath the umbrella of soteriology is based on our union with Christ. No union, none of this applies. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty through 23. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, referring to Adam, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. That would be by Christ. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in its own order. Christ the firstfruits. After that, those who are Christ at his coming. No union, no glorification. Second Corinthians 4.14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. Uh, Romans 5, 9 through 10, Romans 8, 17, Romans 8, 30. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Glorification. We will die. We will be absent from the body, present with the Lord. And we'll talk about those eschatological steps later when the judgment happens, great white throne, bema seat judgment. But what exactly does it mean to be glorified? It means to be made fully and completely into the image of Jesus Christ. In other words, the work that God began in our progressive sanctification will be brought to full realization in glorification. Uh, our sinful flesh will be eradicated. Only the new nature in Christ will remain. We will have a new body. We will have a glorified body, glorified eyes, glorified ears. Everything about us will be made like our Savior. When you say a glorified body, glorified eyes, does that mean that we'll all have, like, the perfect body? It will be pretty good. I assume that when you say we'll have a perfect body, well, that would mean then, for instance— like all of the men would be about six five, about one ninety one ninety one with black hair. So everybody's going to look the same. We're all homogenous. No, I think we're going to recognize one another in heaven. We'll, we will retain our unique identity. But what it does mean 
is that we will have a body that will never grow weary or tired in our worship of God in heaven. It, it is a glorified body that will never become tired in our service for the Lord Jesus Christ. It will have supernatural capacity in heaven, I think, even for travel and going from one part of the new heavens and the new earth to another part. It will be a body in which we will be able to sing and give praise to God. And with glorified eyes, we will be able to look upon the glorified Christ and not collapse as a dead man. Will I have, meaning a perfected body, does that mean I will be able to now slam dunk? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not just trying to be silly because I think some of us think, well, if I have a perfected body, that means you know I'll, I'll be the whatever the stand, body fat is and I will be able to run track faster. Is that what it means? I think what it is saying is whatever God calls upon you to do in heaven, you will have a body that will be perfectly adapted to your new environment in heaven, and you will be able to carry out fully the will of God for your life and glory. So it doesn't per se mean that I'm going to be a superman, there's wonder women, and I'm going to look basically the same it's just, my perfection is not based in my ability to do supernatural things or to do everything exactly right. It's more about my being conformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. I want to say it again. Your body will be perfectly adapted to your new environment in heaven, and it will be a body in which you will be able to do everything in worship and service and ministry and enjoyment in heaven that God will have prepared for you. And I'm going to ask it again from a different angle because I think these are some of the questions we're all rather intrigued by. You mentioned we're going to worship Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, I sing perfectly fine. But for those people who maybe can't carry a tune in a bucket... They just that... don't have the gift of hearing when you're singing. Ah, that's how it's going to work out. Let's get to glorification. is cosmic transformation... Matthew nineteen twenty eight. this is a big deal. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So this, is, this isn't like a, just a little earthly deal. This is universally, cataclysmically, a big deal our end times. That is exactly correct. Whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient times, said Acts 3.21 and Second Peter 3.13. According to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And Romans 8.17 through 22 talks about this end times, which we'll get into those details, but glorification isn't just our bodies being glorified. Everything is going to be glorified. A new heavens, a new earth. So it's not just individual. It is also cosmic. And having said that, it is also personal. Yes, glorification is personal. Romans eight eleven. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And then verse 17, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. We're not going to get lost in the shuffle. No. God is going to glorify everything. He's going to make everything perfect. 
including we. We also. So when we think about eschatology, when we think about end times, think about it in cosmic levels, the whole shebang, but also individual, personally. And First Thessalonians 4, 14 through 17 talks about that. Even Daniel 12, 2 in the Old Testament. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake. Those to everlasting life, but others to disgraced and everlasting contempt. Which, by the way, Daniel 12, 2 is a very good address to remember if you are ever witnessing to somebody who is Jewish and they make the statement, which they often do, well, in the Old Testament, in our Bibles, there's really not much talk about heaven or the resurrection. The Sadducees thought that. Jesus corrected that. And Daniel 12, 2 would agree with that. Keep that verse in your back pocket in evangelizing Jewish people. John five twenty eight and 29, Jesus said, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth, those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. For our citizenship is in heaven, says Philippians three twenty, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. There it is right there. Okay, so are you going to be a basketball player? Are you going to be an opera singer? This is the emphasis. Now, I don't know all of the details about what our bodies are going to be like. Jesus, he still has scars. Will we have that scar when you hit your head on the swing? Is That's not the point. There's a better perfection that is promised for us that we will have a transformed body from our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory, and he will do it. So your glorified body is more about spiritual, moral, perfection, moral, sinlessness, conformed into the image of Jesus, rather than I'm going to be able to bench 350. Todd, the big picture is this. We're going to be made like Jesus, and that's good enough for all of us. Luke 24, 3 and 6. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. He is not there. He was risen Jesus' body, his actual, this one, the one that you've got, you are going to have for forever. So when we say an eternal body, it might be better to say an everlasting body because we're not eternal like God. We didn't always have a body, but the body that we now have, he will raise, he will perfect, rightly understood, and it'll be built to last forever. Will we be hungry in heaven? I will say yes, because he's prepared a banquet for us, and he has said he will not eat or drink of this until we join with him in his kingdom. So our everlasting bodies, which Jesus had when he appeared to the disciples on the beach, on the shore, he made food for them. He ate with them. He prepares a banquet for us. And one of my favorite details, he serves us. So whether we're hungry or not, we're going to enjoy food. Well, we will drink from the river of the water of life. We will eat from the tree of life. Randy Alcorn, in his book, Heaven, he tries to use Bible verses with a sanctified imagination, letting you know this is not definitive, but his suggestion is we will have no fewer enjoyments in heaven than we presently have on earth. And food is enjoyable. Fellowship around the table, that's enjoyable. We won't have less in heaven. We'll have more, won't we? Exponentially more. Luke twenty four thirty nine. he said, see my hands and my feet. So he had 
his hands and his feet. He had a body. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And again in Luke 24, 41 through 43. 1 Corinthians fifteen forty two says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Pulling out those adjectives, let's break it down. Durability. We'll have a imperishable. Uh, let's break it down. An imperishable body means it's not going to be corrupted. It's not going to fall apart. You're not going to have the arthritis, the aches and the pains. Our bodies will not be subject to corruption. That sounds really good to me. It is raised in glory, so we won't be sinful and disgraceful and feeling shame. We'll have honor. It is raised in power. No longer will we be subject to weakness, to sickness, or fatigue. There is also a spiritual body described, not mean an immaterial, we're floating around like Casper sort of body. It means that we will be suited for life in the spirit that we've only begun to experience now. So that is what we can look forward to when we are glorified. Our souls will also be glorified, Colossians 1.22. Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And in Jude 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 8 says the same, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all of those things, we can look forward to those things, but we need to make sure why those things are going to happen for us because we are in union with Christ and why those things happen to us because God is glorified when he glorifies us. So this isn't just about, okay, it's about us enjoying it. We get that. We see that. But supremely, the chief end of our glorification is so that we can look exactly like Jesus Christ so that God will be glorified for taking wretches and turning them into right image bearers of himself. Romans eight seventeen. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Romans eight twenty nine and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. So that he can be glorified. Let's not forget that's always the chief end, the chief aim. Romans 5, 2, we exult in the hope of the glory of God. Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he bestowed on us in the beloved. Ephesians 1, 12, to the end to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his 
glory. Ephesians 1.14, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. 1 Corinthians 15.28, when all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him so that God may be all in all. I want to wrap this up with a great John Murray quote. He writes, This is the highest inconceivable for created beings, the highest inconceivable not only by men, but also by God himself. God himself could not contemplate or determine a higher destiny for his creatures. We get all of that so that he can be glorified. This was Lecture 27 of Drive-By Theology.